Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And me, Kim, a Eurovision fanatic from Canada. Today is a hard day for me as a Eurovision fan from the UK because we are recording um, the day after the 2021 Eurovision Grand Final that we're going to be discussing. Oh, James Newman, I feel terrible. Zero points. That is tough. That's the first time um, a country has got zero points since they split the televote and the jury vote. The theory was getting zero points was nigh on impossible. There we I go. Mean, <laughs> I I I know that uh, the UK was the only country to get zero points in both, but it was pretty close to zero for some others as well, and several who got zero from the public vote. So we will talk about all of that. But my God, I I know that you felt the same way, Chris, because we were texting as we were watching it. But my heart broke for some of those performers when it was just zero points, zero points, zero points. <sighs> yeah, but we will have to pop that up in that. And let, let's try and uh, start with positivity. Yes, I mean, I like that was it. You cannot say it wasn't a nail biter, and uh, it that was the end of an otherwise very good show, in my opinion. Really good. Um, you could barely tell that you know it was a sort of pandemic special. Yes, agreed. You know, it, it they really filled that audience. It obviously they couldn't have you know the crazy people up at the front, you know, next to the stage partying. Yeah. We get that. You know, got, got used to it. I'm looking forward to that returning next year. Agreed. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the crowds there all having fun. You know, flags waving constantly. Looking forward to that returning. Yes, I absolutely agree. I I also want uh, Nikki, um, Nikki Tutorials to be a permanent host. Is that too much to ask for? I thought that she did such a great job and I thought that the um the backstage interviews, the Eurovision tutorials, I mean, I loved all of that. I agree. Yeah, she was she was such a great host. Um the other three I mean, it's wild to think that last year Nikki Tutorials would have only been like an online host and not one yeah. of the main hosts. For me, she sort of stood out as like she felt like the head host. Yeah, I I agree. I thought that all the hosts were very um, you know, competent, qualified, professional. I thought they did a very good job, but I mean, I think that the hosting and um some other aspects which I'll talk about when we get there, it felt very co- kind of like um professional and even and not necessarily standing out in terms of personality or um you know fun yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean but nikki brought that and so i'm glad that she was uh amongst the the four hosts that we had this this year oh yeah um i was really glad she was there um uh but with i mean one of my favorite things about that was how brief that flag ceremony was yeah 
it was because you know how I feel about the flag ceremonies. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, it was like it was very high quality. It was slick. It was tight. I mean, the the show in general. I think that they. I mean, like this was a very professionally pulled off show, and like from this flag ceremony to you know the um, the the postcards the. Uh, intermission i think that it was all kind of like you could see the level of competence that just went into this show and production it was very well done they 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 hit their target of getting the show under four hours as well which was good yes because after uh you know uh tel aviv in 2019 which dragged yeah it didn't feel the same amount of drag even you know there was fewer interval acts but you know obviously on about 25 minutes shorter yeah. But it felt like a lot shorter, but it didn't feel like it was cut short either, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. And I agree that I didn't feel in this one like it was it was just constant filler. In some of the other seasons, there were like, you know, videos or halftime performances or whatever that I'm like, we can't possibly need all of this, do we? But um, it, I didn't feel like there was, uh, you know, like a lot of filler in this one. And um, it also didn't you know, feel particularly rushed. So I think that they balanced that well. Yeah. And by by the time the clock had hit nine minutes into the show, we were onto our first postcard. Yes. Madness. Yeah. No messing about. No, no messing about. They really like got to it. And um, I appreciated that. I thought that it was just like slick and well done. Yeah. I thought it was the Germans who were efficient, but no, it's the Dutch. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, with, with that, there's not much to talk about because they didn't linger on the flag ceremony. It was just straight into the artist. So yes, shall we discuss our favourites? Let's do that. Yes. Now, we, usually we have a game where we try and guess each other's, but because this one you were voting in, but I had to know who you wanted to vote for right. to place your vote. So I'm going to see if you can guess mine. Oh, God. I should have known this question was coming and put some more thought into it before. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like uh, in terms of your tastes, like Finland would be up there. Um, let me see. I think you were a big fan of Ukraine. Yeah, uh, that was my yes, absolute okay. favorite. Was it? Okay, Absolute <laughs> favorite, but not the one I voted for. Who did you vote for? I voted for Iceland. Me too. Which was my second favourite. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like, it's, you know, it's a hair's breadth between the two, how much I love them both. But I just had to give the edge to uh, to uh, Ukraine musically. So Ukraine sent a Go A or Go A, I'm not sure on, on how it's pronounced, uh, with their song Shum. Which is yeah. just an amazing sort of folktronica rave number. Yeah, they they um definitely stood out to me uh, last year as well. Where you know, obviously having having heard them and their song last year, I knew a little bit more what to expect in this um in this Eurovision. But when we were doing our own version of the 2021, these guys just like hit me by surprise. I had never heard this electronic folk style before. And it's very memorable. It's very unique. And I thought they did just a great job. They were top 10 for me. Um, They were, they were 10 out of my top 10. So um, they weren't uh, near the top as they were for you, but still one of my favorites and uh, a really, 
a really well done performance. Yeah, and and they did all right in the uh, contest because they came fifth, which ain't ain't too bad. Because my fear was they weren't even going to qualify. I was terrified that they weren't going to get through because I thought the regular casual listeners would be like, "Oh, that's just noise." Well, and then you had that uh, commentator who had, you know, unequivocally said that she thought they were off key and uh. whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, so like that probably um, stoked your fears a little bit that they were not going to go through. But um, but yeah, they they did. And I, I think that th- that's one of the things that's great about Eurovision is that um, there is a lot of diversity in the type of music that it sends. We saw that, um, you know, this year, I think that there was like a good variety of types of music and um, particularly ones that have some, you know, sort of folk roots and um, traditional instruments and stuff. I know you have a soft spot for that. And it's always nice to see. So like, I'm, I'm glad that they did as well as they did. Yeah. I mean, I've loved that song since the original version of it came out because um, when Go Away were, go- were announced that they were going to be representing Ukraine again, um, I was like, you know, wondering what their next song was going to be. And then earlier this year, they released um, Shum uh, for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, this song is amazing. But it's, it's almost four minutes long. Right. And they said, oh, but yeah, we're, we're glad you love the song. This isn't our song for Eurovision. However, due to popular demand, they made it their song for Eurovision. But they had to change it because the lyrics of the song in the original version are based on an old folk song. So it created sort of issues for the rules. So they completely retooled the song with brand new lyrics. So um, because because it drew from a folk song it wasn't deemed to be like original enough for it to qualify i see yeah well that's a lot of change they would have had to do then they had to cut the song down from four minutes to three and change lyrics and stuff but based on what the song sounded like before and then this version it was sort of the same spirit of the song i assume same spirit but like the vocals were completely different and so when i first heard the revamped version the version that they sent to eurovision i was like I don't like this as much now. And it really mm. just dropped down my rankings. And then as I listened to it more and more and I got more used to it, I was like, nah, this is an absolute banger. I love this. It's still good. It's still good. So yeah, I, I can't wait for this uh, pandemic to be over because they are saying they're going to announce a, a European tour. Uh, oh, you'll be signed up for that, I am, eh? I will be signed up. I'm already going to see uh, Davy Ferrer um, in November and I can't wait to see Go A. And... Um, I, even though I'm an old person now and I like to sit at concerts, I'll be getting standing <laughs> tickets for Go A so I can just rave. You can mash about. I'm going to go mad. <laughs> and then I'll feel terrible the following day. <laughs> the return of live music is definitely one of the things that I'm most looking forward to once this uh, pandemic is over. So um, I will envy you when you get those tickets. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was my number one. So. Was Iceland your favourite? Or like me, did you want to vote for Iceland because you had kind of like, you love the song still and felt they missed out last year? Or was it your favourite this year as well? 
It was legitimately my favorite. And um, I I was torn a little bit. I mean, there were some really good songs this year. There were other songs that I enjoyed very much. So I can't say for certain that my love of the song last year didn't sway my opinion a little bit. But even just looking at this year's song, which I did not like quite as much as last year's uh, Think About Things, but um, I still enjoyed immensely. I, you know, it, it really was my favorite. It brought me so much joy. How can you watch that and listen to that and not just be like made happier by having watched it? it I just loved it. It's pure joy because it's a song about his wife and how they've been together for, for 10 years. And, you know, it's it's just romantic and kitsch and fun. It captures the same sort of spirit as Think About Things. Yes, it does. Um... And then my heartbreak when they couldn't perform live. I know. I know. And that was the only point of the show where I thought that it was, you know, quite obvious and probably not something that could be helped. But when you're watching that performance and they pan to the empty seats uh, several times, you know, it does take you out of it a little bit. But I mean, it cannot be helped. And I'm glad they had such a strong performance to fall back on um, that was pre-recorded because uh, it, it was a great performance by them. Yeah. I mean, one thing I think they did on the pre-recorded performance was kind of edit it a little bit to make the uh, audience not a standout because um, I think in the actual uh, rehearsal footage I remember watching live um, it did look a bit more obvious so I think Mm -hmm. they kind of just dialed up the black to make it like not pop so much like it was an empty stadium yeah, I mean, you know, all things considered, I think that they just did an excellent job of uh, of editing it in there. Um, I do feel terrible for them, though, that like, in my opinion, they were robbed of a win in 2020. Absolutely. And then in 2021, we're not able to perform live. I mean, it's just I just my heart goes out to them um, for having missed out on this experience. But um, they should be really proud of what they produced and what they sent. And I mean, like, I think that this has brought international, um, you know, like appeal to uh, this artist who I t- tell me how to pronounce this name. Uh, again. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and say this with confidence, even though I'm not particularly confident. Uh, Davi Ogagna Magnif. Yes. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to get your tongue around if you don't <laughs> speak Icelandic. It is, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just I just loved it. This is, uh, this is a song, uh, as well as their song last year. Like, I will be keeping up with this artist. I'm, like, I am a fan. Yep. Put it on my Spotify list. I am down. He's got a new EP out as well. Excellent. It's called Welcome. So it just came out, I think, was it Friday or it might have even been yesterday it came out. Oh, good. I mean, that's good timing. Probably not a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not a coincidence at all. So it's got 10 years and think about things on it. Um, and then a couple of other songs um, on there. Um, that EP's come out. Uh, well, I will definitely be adding that to my list. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait to see him live in London this November. I'm really looking oh forward God. to seeing it. Hopefully I'm nothing so else goes jealous. wrong. So jealous. Um he's he's also touring um Europe and America next year, but sadly he's not coming across the border to Canada. 
Of course. Of course we not. don't get <laughs> we don't get the live music experience. Um, especially in the small, you know, provinces where I live, we don't get quite as um much opportunity to see to see uh I mean like the big tours, the biggest tours come to like Toronto and stuff, but yeah. um someone who's uh, maybe a little bit more indie, they don't generally make the trek to like uh small small province Canada. So I'll have to live vicariously through you. Let's uh, um, let's start a petition, get him to Halifax. Yes. Okay, one quick question that I had for you is that I know that um there was a call for uh fans to pre-record and send in vocals for the Icelandic performance was that actually used I couldn't pick up the like the choir aspect yeah so um in the uh, moment sort of where it goes a bit quieter uh there's a choir in the background doing like oh finds a new way to grow bit so fun. So um, I assume that you could pick out your own vocals from oh, that. And you were like, oh, there I am. Of course I could hear my own vocals amongst the other <laughs> 1,000 people. <laughs> you have officially performed at Eurovision, Chris. Technically, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Put that lo- on a resume. Exactly. Um, along with uh, Germany's Jendrik, who's also in that recording too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Um, so yeah, that was a nice touch, and um, Davi put out a thank you with list a list of every name that submitted their vocals. Oh, that's awesome! So, you can never take that away from me. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you know my number two, and as I say, it's like it's like one point one and then one point two in terms right. of it. It's like how do I separate those two? I just had to go the one that's more of a banger that I would put on first. And then be happy to go into 10 years. Yeah, fair enough. Although your vote still went to Iceland. So I would argue that you kind of like, you know, you put one in terms of points higher than the other, but you did vote for one. So I would say that, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty close. Yeah. So who's your second placer? My second place is Portugal. Uh, So could not be more different from my first place. Uh, I, um, so... Uh, this was uh, not one that scored particularly well. So this was the Black Mamba with Love is on My Side. And uh, I really loved it, but I have a feeling that this is not one that would have made your top 10. Absolute bottom of the list for me. (laughs) (laughs) Bottom, like the very bottom? 26. Come on. Oh, man. I loved it. But it's just music I don't like. I'm sure people who like that sort of thing, like you, you like it. But I don't like blues kind of music. I don't like that Americana kind of stuff. Oh, I do. You know this. You know that I do. Um, Like, I mean, you like anything with a steel string guitar, just, you know, it's going to get me. But, I mean, I I also know what the uh, lyrics are about. And do tell. Which does put me off as well. I mean, any sort of reason i could find to like it i'm like i know what the song's about and i don't like that what is it about the song's about a sex worker who the band met uh, during a trip to rotterdam in 2019 and the song's sung from that sex worker's perspective but via the bloke in the band and saying that in the beginning she was full of young and full of hope but how things didn't turn out as planned and that she'd end up using drugs and going into prostitution um, 
but despite the hardships, she still retains some of her youth. It's like, is that your place to be singing about this woman's experience, guys? Huh. 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 I don't, so, huh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that either. I mean, certainly they're not the first to... Um, to you know, write a song about sex workers, Roxanne. Sex worker, Roxanne is the first one that came to mind too. Yeah. Um, but with Roxanne, uh, it's not actually like telling Roxanne's story from Roxanne's perspective. So yeah, yeah like that maybe does feel a little bit weird. Um, well, uh, I feel like maybe I'm going to feel a little differently when I listen to it again. But I'm I mean, sorry if I've ruined a song for you. <laughs> It doesn't sound like it's, you know, like uh, something that they have, you know, like it doesn't sound shameful or anything. No, like I would they're... admit it doesn't sound obvious via the lyrics, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. I will definitely give that uh, thought the next time I hear it. But I did, I did, I just really loved it without knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, yeah, I was never gonna like that song. Just musically, it's nothing. Does nothing for me. I also don't like the tone of his voice. Oh, I loved it. That was a standout <laughs> for me. His voice was re- like it really got me. It's kind of like a nasal tone. It's just not for me. Oh, it's no. always a skip for me when I listen to the Eurovision soundtrack for this year. <laughs> It's hilarious to me how we are so in line in some things and so different in others. Um, although I think that, well, I mean, I guess uh, the actual voting put them pretty smack in the middle between you and I. So they came in 12th out of 26. So they came in middle of the pack. Very Split high for me, very low for you. The average of the middle. So I guess <laughs> that works out. That works out. If we were to balance both your tastes and mine, they would average pretty much where they where they ended up. So <laughs> So my um third choice, my third favorite, uh, was the winning song, uh, Monoskin with Zitti Ebuoni uh, for Italy. Um, I can see, I can see that for you. Uh, they were probably unsurprisingly to you not amongst my top ten. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. No, <laughs> just just kind of sleazy, dirty, scuzzy garage rock and roll. <laughs> Yeah, I put them middle of the pack. They were not uh, at the bottom for me by any means. But so I really feel that I understand better now your comments uh, in the past about how the big five are um, potentially at somewhat of a disadvantage because they don't perform in the semifinals. So for me, having not listened to the soundtracks or whatever, I watched both semifinals um, and was unfamiliar with this song still. This is like, just like, who's these outsiders? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I see now from your perspective, why like a lack of familiarity with the song might uh, play an impact, though there were also, you know, like exceptions, of course, because they very good use of the word might because the big five bookended the scoreboard. I see that. Yes, they were the a very, very bottom three. And then the top two. So um, in any case, this song sort of like caught me a little bit by surprise because I did not hear it ahead of time. Um, so that it made me feel like this 
this number one, this win came out of nowhere for me. But it was the bookies' favourites in the last few days. So the, you know that um clip from uh, like Looney Tunes where El- is it Elmer Fudd and what's the one that Elmer Fudd's always hunting? It's Bugs Bunny, isn't it? Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd kind of going yes. around like the uh, post. Slapping up a poster of each other saying, you know, it's, it's Elmer season. And then he's got these one, it's, it's Wabbit season. Yes, yes. And, you know, it goes, goes around and it kind of keeps switching. Yeah. It was kind of like that with the bookies. It was like Malta, Italy, France, Iceland, Malta, Italy, really? France, Iceland, Ukraine. <laughs> and it would literally be, there was a point when Ukraine were the, uh, were kind of really, they never climbed to the top of the bookies' favourites, but they just sort of shot up after like their first rehearsal. Right. Well, I mean, this is why I don't gamble. <laughs> oh yeah, I <laughs> because no time for gambling. I just, yeah, I would not um I would not have won any money on this because yeah, for me at least, I was like, what? <laughs> I did tell you the idea of putting a bet on the UK coming last to see oh, at least won. if, you know, that did happen, I'd have a few quid out of it, but I thought, no, I'm just tempting fate. <laughs> yeah. Should have done it. God, yeah, like my I, my heart still breaks, um, <laughs> but yeah, yes. I mean, um, Ziti Abwani uh, translates into "shut up and behave." I mean, okay, they ooze sex appeal. They are sexy Italians being sexy on stage. They were sexy rock stars. I will, yeah, I will give them that for sure. <laughs> um, I, I think the thing is though, what they did whilst they are in the Big Five and ha- have that what I consider a disadvantage of not being familiar. They came on stage with a bam. It was like yes. full on in your face. That like first like sort of 10 seconds, he's interacting with the camera, bringing you on stage. And then the camera sort of cut and pans around to look at the whole of the band. You know, it's like, right. it's like inviting you in. Yeah, I think it's really good staging. I do. I uh, I cannot disagree with the quality of their performance. I can't disagree with the um in the uh immediate like charismatic appeal that they had in in their performance. I think what it came down to for me was simply musical preference. Yeah. Uh. So I um you know I don't begrudge them this win, although they were not the winner in my book. Um. It like. Because I'm able to appreciate the quality of the um, staging performance, uh, the song itself, even though it was not my particular favorite. So yeah, I agree that they they did really kind of like grab attention uh, in their in their performance. Yeah, um, they also naughty boys and girls because uh, they had to censor their song, uh, oh. so they changed the lyrics uh, because it has uh, words in it: uh, Coglione and Caso which apparently is the Italian for cock and balls. Ah. <laughs> so in the uh, actual performance in the contest, they changed those lyrics. But Naughty Boys and Girls, they sung those lyrics in the reprisal at the end. <laughs> Once they'd did they already care? won. Did they yeah. care? <laughs> Good for them. Exactly. And then I mean, they, they wouldn't their... be rock stars if they weren't pushing the boundaries, right? Exactly. And then they said in their victory speech that rock and roll never dies, and it really never will. No, of course it it won't. You're right. Sometimes it just festers. <laughs> so, what's your number three song? My number three was Malta. 
I thought that this was just really fun. It was a great pop song. I loved the staging. I loved the performance. Um, so, uh, I, I do you have the the name offhand? Destiny. Uh, Destiny with Jemakas, which translates into "I'm out of here." Oh yeah. Um, I just loved that performance. They they did quite well in the um. Jury votes. The actual results too. Uh, they came in seventh, but yes, the I think they they did better in the jury vote than they did with the public vote, did they not? So yeah, the, there was a big gap in the jury scores and the televote scores for Malta because, as I say, Malta were one of the perceived favourites, and they scored a massive two hundred and eight with the jury. Yeah, and then it flopped with the televote, only forty seven points. I I find that so surprising. Like so clearly there were big swings in the public vote. Um you know w- Italy the winner I mean they were not in the uh in my like in my opinion I didn't think they were even at risk of winning if you will like based on the jury vote and then they come out with like 300 something points from the public. I mean it really does show how things can change um and the votes can swing. So I did think that after the jury vote Malta was uh a contender for the top spot, but clearly not after the public vote. Yeah, I mean um Malta and Italy were only two points apart. Malta had 208 and Italy had 206 in the jury vote. Oh, I didn't realize they were that yeah, high. Yeah, very close. Um, but there is a very... It's not pleasant to talk about, uh, but I think we should talk about it. Um, uh, artists who were people of colour did get tanked by the televote. There was a... <gasps> de- very clear. There was a really. It was it was quite unpleasant to sort of go through it. Um, so we had <clears throat> San Marino, uh, Senate, and Flow Rider. Flow Rider at Eurovision. That's still mad. Still blows my brain. <laughs> crazy. Um, they scored very low in the um, televote. The Netherlands. Uh, they scored zero in the televote. Um, Destiny. And then Benny Cristo didn't even make it from the semi-finals. He scored zero in a televote as well. Wow! So Benny Cristo, Cristo for the Czech Republic. So yeah, um, there's a side of me that is sadly not surprised about that to some extent. I'm a little disappointed that, with myself that I didn't even notice. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's, um, that's. That's that's an uncomfortable topic, but I mean, when you kind of lay it out there, um, that every single performance, like performer of color, scored very poorly with the um, public vote. That's hard to that's hard to argue with or ignore. Yeah, it's it's something um, that definitely needs addressing. I guess I, I don't know how you would address it, um, but I just hope that you know. I just hope it's just because people didn't like the songs. Yeah. But so is the, this something that has does, been, like, in the media, is this something that is being raised and discussed? I would hope it is. I hope yeah. it's going to be discussed and raised. Because mm. it needs to be. And I wonder, I mean, like, is this a trend that has been seen in past years? 
I mean, um, I don't think we've ever had a, a person of colour win Eurovision. Um, as a solo artist, at least. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we need to um, try and be a little bit... Obviously, we've touched on that, um, but uh, I think we need to talk about more positive things. Yeah. Uh, because we're starting to start soon be talking about our, our least favourites. Yeah, so, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's well, try and bring up the energy a little. So who else have you got in your tops? Anyone else you want to discuss? Um. So I... Uh, just something of note uh, is that um, although for the most part, the way that I have scored the performances in terms of like broad highs and lows is in line with where I scored them um, in the semifinals. But um, in in terms of like specific placement, it was not the same. So I do have the Roop uh, Lithuania's entry at my number four. Nice. Um, I think in the semifinal, I did. I had them higher uh, than some of the. Uh, than some of the others, but like regardless, I you know after the um, final opinions change slightly, so they're my number four here. Yeah, and also your um, like they came from a different semi final to like Davio uh, Gagnamagnif, who were in a second semi final. So in the first one, you couldn't compare them directly. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, but uh yeah so they were the there they were the others sort of like really kind of like had my heart um highlight for me i was looking forward to seeing them i really liked them in uh, 2020 they were weird and delightful um i liked this song i think even more than i did their 2020 song i so. agree i think it's a better song yeah yeah and it's one of the few songs that kind of reference the uh, pandemic um it's talking about being at home dancing on your own yes and then the uh the like hand like signal that was like i thought he was doing yeah i thought he was doing uh live well and prosper but he was doing live long and prosper yeah (laughs) you're not a trekkie are you what you're not a trekkie are you that's what i said you said live well live long and prosper no live live long and prosper (laughs) although i am not a trekkie um but uh but yeah anyway i so can you do that hand dance uh let's see wait for the listener she's struggling <laughs> wait is it what's is it e you, it's e v like e, e v kind of v. no i don't have the dexterity <laughs> this is for this is really good podcast content for an audio <laughs> medium <laughs> um yeah i thought that i just thought that they were fun i'm glad that they um they did quite well they came in eighth overall uh so i was happy for them bit good for them that because if they won they were going to throw a massive outdoor discotheque um oh, in lithuania would have been, been great fun that would have been fun um i want to um mention russia they're in my top 10 i put them six uh, I so, have them um, at my number five. Yeah. Nice. So Manesia, um with Russian Woman. Just a really good song that is, she's faced, you know, a lot of trouble with, you know, people back home. Uh, she's a, a refugee from Tajikistan. She's pro-LGBT um, rights. You know, she's mm. a very vocal feminist. Everything yeah. that the conservative kind of political elite in Russia do not like. Right. And she will not um, tell a vote uh, that for, you know, that she won their national selection. 
Well, that's amazing. That's like that. That's a hope. that is a testament a to Eurovision. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I loved this performance. I thought it was really fun. I felt like she just oozed cool. She was just like effortlessly. I want to be a friend. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I thought that it was a a really fun performance and um. I was a little bit surprised that they didn't come in higher. They did very well. They were ninth overall in the results, but um, yeah. you and I both had them higher than that at fifth and sixth. So, yeah, I thought they, I thought they did great. Yeah, and the bit that get, I get goosebumps when you know uh, Manisha and her backing singers turn around to sort of pay respect to that wall of Russian women on a video screen. Mm. That's such a powerful yeah, moment. Cool. Yeah, and I also want to discuss. Um, San Marino because Senate from the most serene Republic of San Marino little micronation inside of Italy with a population of about 10 people so you know it's like jury service (laughs) everyone gets a go to represent the country got I mean I'm not a fan of Flowrider up until me being told Oh, you know that song with Boots with a Fur song? That's a Flowrider song. I was like, oh, I could have named a Flowrider song. And even now, I don't know what that song's called. Because I'm not a Flowrider fan. But I know what a huge thing it is to get. For, for Especially like a country like San Marino, a micro nation like San Marino. Yeah. To get American rap musician Flowrider over to Rotterdam to perform with her on stage. That's insane. Yeah, good for them. I thought that this was really fun. They did not quite make my top 10. I had them at uh, 12th, so um, a little higher than middle of the pack for me, which is just a testament to how good uh, the the songs and performances were this year, because this was really fun. And uh, and yeah, I mean, good for them for, for getting flow right out of Eurovision. Uh, I, not about I showing it, it all. Um, nope. And hopefully, my hope for this, obviously, I, they were sat, the uh, Samarini's uh, TV company uh, station, whatever. They were hoping for a better result. I I predicted it was going to be the best San Marino result, and yet Sir Sir Hat with Say Na 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 is still a better finishing result for San Marino, which just astounds me. Um. Yeah, that is that is very surprising. I thought Although, they'd have a left hand side finish. I genuinely expected them to finish on the left hand side of a scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I am very surprised that they that they did so poorly. They came in twenty second overall. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there are fewer Florida fans than, than you would have thought, but um, I thought it was a really fun performance that I enjoyed a lot. On the plus side, Flo Rider seems to be having a time of his life um, there. He was always like, he was constantly um, posting everything on Instagram. His stories were just full of Eurovision content. Anything that he was tagged in, he was, seemed to be like reposting on his Instagram. I'm hoping That's that awesome. he's going to go back to America and he's going to be the biggest cheerleader for the American Song Contest. I love it. I think that would be the best thing to come out of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. On to, sadly, our least favourite. So, you know my least favourite is Portugal. So, who have you got at the bottom? So, um, I did not actively dislike any of these songs, but I put Spain at my bottom. Um, so, that... I think where did where did they come in in the they actual came, results? They um, came third from bottom. 
which oh, okay. coincidentally is exactly where I put them. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought that it was, was a bit underwhelming. Um, I thought that it was a little basic. Uh, just, you know, didn't really do it for me. So uh, that was a Blast Canto with Voyacodame. I am, I, my Spanish is bad. Um, <laughs> but it translates into I am going to stay. Um, so that song um, is basically about the death of his dad last year. So we're bad people for hate, not enjoying it as much. Oh, God. I feel <laughs> terrible this entire episode. For me, I didn't like it because, I mean, knowing that that was what the song was about, why the moon? Why the big moon? I don't know. Um, And I I didn't like the sort of big high notes. They went as controlled, like, like for example, Switzerland, who sent John's Tears with uh, To Universe. You know, mm. he sort of, that falsetto and the high soaring notes, he managed perfectly. Yeah. Uh, Blast Canto was just a little bit screechy at times, I hate to say. Yeah. Um I I agree. I think it wasn't it was not the best song of the night. It wasn't the best uh vocal performance of the night. Uh just not Spain's night, you know, for me. And clearly, you know, not Spain's night in the uh in the actual results either at third from last. So um yep. Better luck yeah. next year, Spain. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and so you know my bottom, you know my third from bottom. So my second from the bottom was uh, Belgium, who sent Hooverphonic with the wrong place. Um, I have that sixth. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> surprised me. <laughs> I loved that song. So why? what about it did you not enjoy? I'm not a big fan of indie, kind of like sort of cool kid indie music i guess is how i describe it although they're not really mm. kids there you know one of them's um uh one of the members of hoover phonics is the oldest um person at eurovision definitely this year um he's not you know engelbert humperdinck years <laughs> uh but he's one of the oldest people to represent their country at eurovision at least huh. um they've been going for quite a while i believe hoover phonic um just not my style of music um I, I tried not to... I, I like their song this year more than I like the song last year. Mm. I think I put their song last year dead last. I don't even remember their song from last year. Nor do I. <laughs> Which says Wait, a lot. Well, that says something. That says something, yeah. Um, So they reverted to their previous singer um, after sacking the one they had for last year via Zoom. Mm. So again... I just, and then there's a whole thing like them not sort of joining in with the uh, performance of um, Love Shine a Light, which was the UK's last winning song for the uh, Eurovision Song Celebration thing they did last year. They chose not they, to? They, they refused to take part in that because they didn't think it was a good song. So whereas oh. every other artist from last year took part in singing like, you know, a line or two, they opted out of doing it. So they're a little bit sniffy, but I I tried to put that aside. The music, just not my sort of thing. Not into that kind of like shoegazy indie kind of style. I like the more sort of hyperactive indie music. So um, I'm not surprised if that did well with uh, the British. I've not looked at the uh, scoring breakdown in too much detail. It feels like a song that will be very popular um, in the UK Mm. as it seems very much like music that people here would listen to. 
just not my sort of thing. Yeah, well, you're not alone. They did not perform particularly well in the actual results coming in 19th out of 26. So I am a bit of an anomaly here with my number six placement. But uh, yeah, I thought that it was really, I thought that it was really um, like a beautiful, cool song. So I, (laughs) maybe I'm like trying to live my you know, trying to live a cool kid experience vicariously. But um, yeah, I liked it. So who else have you got at the uh, bottom of the pack for you? My second from bottom is Grease. Um, So there was nothing wrong with this song. The song was fine. Uh, I thought the performance was fine, um, but it was just like, it was generic pop for me. It was not particularly interesting, unique, or like, it was just fine. Um, I think that the staging with the green screen... So confusing. Was... What was the point? Weird. I don't know. What was was the point in that? So it's like, for me, it's like they looked at... So, um, first we had Mon Zermelo with Heroes and his projection. Mm. And then the following year we had Sergei, who did You Are the Only One, with his projection wall that he climbed across and interacted with a projection. Yeah. And then Greece this year, kind of, I feel like they looked about one. Let's go one better and do it all via green screen. It was But then better. thought, forgot to sort of maybe get a video that interacted with the steps. She was just climbing stairs to nowhere. Yeah. The dancers in the green screen suits, you could see the shadows where, so the uh, chroma key wasn't working. You could see the joins. It was like watching, yeah. uh, you know, an old, uh, uh, what what was it called? The uh, TV, kids TV shows, Thunderbirds. It's like watching Thunderbirds. You can see like the wires holding up the puppets. Right. I don't know what Thunderbirds <laughs> is, but I take your point. Um, yeah, I agree. It was like, it It just felt clunky to me. I did not particularly love the, um, the, the staging, as you mentioned. I didn't really love the song. I was quite surprised, actually, that they came in as high as they did at 10th place. Mm. Um, it, uh, it just felt to me like we have seen it before, it's been done before, and it just didn't pique my interest. Yeah, same. I wasn't a fan. Um didn't score very highly for me, Apple at twenty second. Right, yeah. Uh so so who have you got your third from bottom? So my third from bottom is the Netherlands. Um, and uh, that is quite close to where they scored in the actual results at 23rd. Um, and I've put them at 24th. So to be honest, I don't remember this song much, which I think is the um problem. <laughs> and uh, as I said, um, this song amongst the other uh, big five were all somewhat unfamiliar to me because I did not see them in the semifinals. Yeah. And so they stood out to me less. Um, but this one, I I don't really recall the song standing out to me too much. And if I, if I do remember correctly, I think the vocal performance was a bit off for me. Oh, see, I love this song. This was did high you? up for me. I put this number five. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I love Django McCroy's voice. It's beautiful. Um, I mean, we both enjoyed it. We both put him second in our last sort of year. mock Eurovision last year. Yes. With uh, Grow. Uh, that song's beautiful. I, I just think his voice is like velvet. It's just a gorgeous voice. Um, and I just really enjoy this song. It's the first use of Saran and Tongo language in Eurovision. Oh, wow. Because uh, he's from Suriname, uh, Django. Um and he wrote this sort of, you know, 
in the wake of the sort of Black Lives Matter protest uh, following the murder of George Floyd last year. Wow. Um, and he's got the a phrase, the phrase in Sharan and Tongo, um, Unaman broko me, mina afu sensi, translates into, you can't break me. I am, literal translation is, you can't break me, I am half a cent. So basically it means that, you know, you can't break me even if you think I'm inferior. Uh, because mm-hmm. half a cent was the smallest coin in Suriname during the uh, Dutch colonial times. So wow. saying you can't break me because I'm the small, you know, I'm only a half a cent. You can't break yeah. me any further. Yes. Well, I mean, like, that's a very poignant message for sure. I I think that, um, you know, like that is... Uh, you know, something that I miss because I don't uh, ingest the lyrics as uh, as you do. And also, but... you haven't been listening to these on repeat for months on end. <laughs> right, yeah, true. I think if you listen to this song a few more times, you'll be like, oh my god, this song is an absolute banger. Not even a banger, banger's not the right word, but this song's just really brilliant. Like, yeah, maybe um, having only heard it once, it didn't have the opportunity to really kind of uh, grow for me. Um, but you're right. I mean, last year, Jonggu was, uh, you know, it was Iceland one and... Uh, came second for both of us, I think. Jonggu came second. I loved his song from last year. Um, and uh, like a year later, I remember that song and how much I loved it. And um, and so this one not being quite as memorable for me, it's one day later and I cannot remember the song. So maybe it is just something that like I need to listen to again. Um, but uh, I I don't remember disliking it i just it just didn't stand out yeah because like you said none of the songs you disliked really um no i did not dislike any of the songs yeah. um even though i kind of like i think you know just speaking of greece that i said that like it you know just didn't do it for me it's it wasn't a, a bad basic, song greece. it exactly not a bad song just a bit basic like I did not actively dislike any of them. Yeah, for, for me, like the only one I actively dislike is Portugal. After that, it's like, yeah, don't care for this. It gets mm-hmm. into that sort of territory and then sort of gets better. Uh, so that's our tops and bottoms discussed. Um, let's move on to what's left of the big five. So we've already discussed Italy because it was uh, one of my favourites. Um, so the... Um, country that came second was France with Voila by Barbara Pravi. This could not be Frencher. <laughs> it could not be more French. Um, I really loved it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I have it eight out of ten. Yeah. Um, I actually expected to have to place it higher um, because this was one when we got a snippet of this song in the second semifinal when they did just a bit of a, you know, a a preview of these songs in that snippet. I just, I loved it so much. So when hearing the full performance with all of the other artists, it didn't score quite as high as I thought it would um, based on that small snippet, but still I enjoyed it immensely. And uh, yeah, number eight for me. Yeah. Just, just fell out of my top 10 at number 11. I really enjoy this song. Um, and it's not the sort of thing I would usually score high, but there's just some about the gravitas of the performance. You know, yes. that one person on stage, like the camera's sort of swinging around her, and I really like that right. manic moment, like the last 30 minutes of it, 30, 30 minutes, last 30 <laughs> seconds of it, where like you know, the camera's swinging from side to side and around her. 
Yeah, it felt so passionate. It felt like raw and it did not have much in terms of staging. It had this big spotlight behind her um, and then it was just her with a microphone on stage. And I thought that, you know, sometimes less is more. And I thought that was very impactful. And I I just, I really loved it. And if they'd won, it would have been a sort of grand slam for both France and for Barbara because she was the writer of the song that won Junior Eurovision for France last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that would have so been a big boom. So, if you remember, J'imagine um, by uh, Valentina. A yes. very sort of hyperactive pop song for, like, you know, kids' pop. Yeah, and I don't recall that, liking it all that much. Those songs are so polar opposite. So it just I shows know. her versatility as a songwriter, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, I... If she is not already a big star in France, then she's about to be. Like, that was um, a pretty incredible performance, and I thought it was a real standout. Yeah. Um, So, next from the uh, Big Five, um, I'm going to have to go to Jendrik for Germany with I Don't Feel Hate, who I adore. Yes. I mean, he came on the podcast and chatted to me. He's just a bundle of energy, and I love that song. I unashamedly love that song. And I think it's because I I play ukulele as well. I put it fourth. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you really loved it. I thought that it was lovely and fun. I put it... um... 14th so middle of the pack i you know not a poor showing in my opinion um of where it landed 14th out of 26th i felt terrible that it did not do better in the actual results with a grand total of three points and second from last i just i mean like um i agree that it was not a winning song i i you know, and did not make my top 10, um, and yet did not deserve so few points. It was joyful. It was fun. It was a delight. But I think that is part of the problem, that if you come outside of the top 10 for every country, you score zero points. Right. No, you could come 11th. Like the UK did. We The UK came 11th for the jury in Poland. But because mm. we came 11th, we got zero points. Right. Malta, we came 14th. But because we came 14th, we got zero points. Yes, I see. Only the top 10 from every country can get points. Uh, but no, I, I, I adore this song. It's upbeat, it's positive. You know, it's about sort of not feeling that hate, which is a good message for the UK right now. Um, <laughs> just, you know, don't let it get you down. Don't, yeah. don't react to it. Don't kind of, you know, it can wiggle your middle finger, but it'll never wiggle back to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I love this song. It's just energetic, and I'm a sucker for a ukulele. I play ukulele, and as I say this, I notice I, I can think I can see a ukulele behind you. Yes. Um. So we're we are. Um. I'm in a different location today, <laughs> podcasting. I'm in um a basement room where we keep all of our like it's an office where we keep all of our collectibles and stuff and amongst them is a ukulele that was my grandfather's wow Uh, so i don't play it but it is straight out of the 1950s and um honestly if i tried to play it i think it might fall apart but (laughs) um but it is something i hold very dear because uh it was my granddad's oh i love that yeah so (laughs) Oh, I've not wanted to discuss this, but we need to, don't <laughs> we? We do. We Jimmy Newman for the UK. 
with yeah. um, Embers came last with null point. No points. Oh. Yeah, this was, uh, my goodness, like, when we were messaging throughout this uh, voting process, when the public vote came up, the two of us were just like, what is happening right now? It was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath, but I, I, I mean, there's none that I feel worse for than James Newman. Um, again, I mean, much in the way that I feel about Germany, I do not think that it was a winning song, and yet I do not think that it deserved no points. It was another delightful, lovely, joyful song and performance. James Newman, I did not encounter much beyond the sort of halftime interview um, in the second semifinal and then his performance as well. But you can tell, you can just tell that he was a lovely person yeah. and I feel terrible. I mean, James Newman has been an absolute credit to the BBC Eurovision delegation over the last two years and he's really not had an easy time of it. Um, on, I think, Thursday morning or maybe Friday morning, he was on Good Morning Britain Breakfast News. Mm. And one of the two presenters basically said, so you've won Grammys, you've done this, you've done that. Why are you bothering with this? Isn't it below you? Oh. And another, then the other um, co-presenter said, well, it doesn't matter if you come last, does it anyway? Because you've achieved so much. It's like, that's the mentality that um, British news go into Eurovision with. And is there any wonder that we don't I mean- do well? I don't understand how that mentality can, like, jive with the fact that this is the biggest, most watched, like, music show performance contest in the world. You know, it's like, I don't, how, how is it beneath him? (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, if we can't, you know, if the press in the UK can't get behind our artist, how are we supposed to expect the people of Europe to get behind our artist and vote for us? Mm. And it doesn't even stop at the press in the UK. On the turquoise carpet, um, like that's the red carpet event they have at Eurovision this year, it was called the turquoise carpet. Um, The host there asked him about the UK's kind of poor streak recently. It's like, no, how about you ask him about, you know, the song he's there with rather than how the UK's done previously. I I do think that there is potentially an element of self-fulfilling prophecy too, right? It's yeah. like if you go in, if all of the media surrounding the song is about how, nah, it's probably not going to do that great, then like why is anybody going to, you know, pay particular attention attention to this song? The, you know, the bookies are going to rate it low probably and then it's just like it's a write-off, and yeah. so, and then why bother giving your points to the song that you know isn't going to do well anyway? You, you know, need to, you need to develop a buzz about it. You need the buzz, yeah. Um, and then on the jury kind of semi-final, um, second semi-final jury version, where there was an audience there, and it was where the jury were voting on as a rehearsal. Before uh, James came out on stage, they mentioned. Um, Brexit. Like, don't go dragging that up, guys. <laughs> and then he also asked him, like, so has Katrina from Katrina and the Waves been in touch with you? That was our last winner. And he was like, yeah. uh, no. And it was all very awkward. Thankfully, they dropped it for the live broadcast version. 
Because there were a lot mm. of us online who were like, come on, guys, don't mention Brexit. Yeah. It's, if you want to say that the contest isn't political, don't bring up politics. Let's keep, keep it light. Keep it light. Um, um, but I can yeah. also understand how James Newman didn't score too well on terms of the actual performance. If we put aside the perception of the UK and how we treat our artists, he struggled vocally. He did. I noticed that um, in the snippet that we saw as a preview in the uh, semifinal, I don't recall hearing the kind of vocal struggle that we heard in his performance. Uh, that at rehearsal the final. was his best take because I, I watched yeah. all of his rehearsals. And that was absolutely yeah. his best take. Well, I mean, so I, like, yeah, I I get it. It's not the winning song. It wasn't the winning performance and I'm fine with it. It came middle of the pack for me. It was not amongst my bottom ones because I did like the song enough that I, I um, you know, gave it some points in my own ranking despite the vocal challenges. Um, but yeah, I mean, zero points though. No, it it didn't deserve zero points. Well, like I say, that is a thing. Um, if you score anywhere below ten, you don't yeah. get any points. Um, and we only got last place from two of the juries. So Croatia and I can't find it now, but Croatia was one of them, and there was another country who put us last in the jury points. Mm. And after that, it was all, you know, sort of 23, you know, 22s, 23s, 25s, 24s, some in the teens, uh, you know, we had 18s, 16s, 15s, but all of that yeah. is below 10. Right. So regardless of that, we, we scored Zero. a thing. One of the Maltese yeah. jurors put us third, but because the other uh, four jurors put us lower, it dragged down the average. Yeah. Yeah. And then we still scored zero with fair jury. It just shows that you can't be average at Eurovision. Yendrik, no, not average. That's very true. Yendrik, put, Yendrik for Germany put on a show. Yeah. He was memorable because you can remember his stage yeah. routine, can't you? Yes, I can. Yeah. yeah. Can you, what you can remember yeah. about UK's stage? I mean, I do remember he was standing on a platform and I think they were like trumpets in the background yeah. uh, on a big to, screen. To, no, they were on a screen. They were physical props. But that, I think that shows that, you know, what they yeah. brought to it that you thought they were on a screen. Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't a standout. I agree. No. We need to do better in the UK. I think my my fear is that they're going to go for a rock song next year. But that would look reactionary because a rock song won right. this year. They're That's always chasing the last winning thing. song. Yeah. Yeah. However, I would say, uh, because you think like, James Newman's song last year, uh, My Last Breath, was a little bit sort of sad boy song, similar to Duncan Lawrence's Arcade. Mm. It feels like we're always catching the last thing. The only exception I'm going to say, if we did send a rock song, because we've got a deal with BMG, Iron Maiden are on BMG. And they have a warehouse full of props, obviously. <laughs> If we're going to send any rock song and it has to be someone from BMG, let's send Iron Maiden. <laughs> that would be absolutely bonkers. And I, would, be I would love it. And Bruce Dickinson, he can fly the, the entire delegation out there. He's, an, he's a pilot. <laughs> he's an airline pilot. So, you know, he can save a few pennies there. Um, Like, okay, if anyone from Eurovision is listening, I think you should take this suggestion to heart. 
Uh, I am here for it. I would not heckle that the way I heckled Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> so that, that's the only sort of uh, pass I would give to us kind of sending like someone who's maybe past their best because Iron Maiden, they still have a massive, they're one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah. You know, you think like Rock in Rio, they've played like one of the biggest concerts that's ever been recorded. They're huge. Yeah. They, they probably wouldn't do it, but you know. I think we could maybe not embarrass ourselves if we sent them. It would be a risk. But my, yeah. what we need to do for UK is take a risk. And there's, I would suggest um, one of two things. We send a song. I, well, both, I would say, be a folk song. Uh, so a yeah. folk singer. Maybe something a bit a poppy-tinged folk song, but very folk-heavy. Yeah. Showing off our native music rather than just pop. Yeah. Yeah. And sending someone either who sings in Welsh or Cornish from so um anyone who's not familiar with the UK, uh, Cornwall is a county in like the southwest of the UK. Mm-hmm. And they have a very uh, they have a, a language there, Cornish. It's not spoken by many people. It's like I don't know if you called it heritage language, but it's like a, a language that's at risk of dying out and they're trying to keep it alive. Yeah. So I think maybe what you're suggesting, like, to summarize is to take a departure from the more commercial production pop type, you know, you know, bland, basic stuff, and instead take a risk on something that is like less commercial and more, you know, personal. Yeah, to the I mean, UK. you think about all the sort of countries that do well showing off their national heritage. Yes. Why aren't we doing that? Right. Why aren't we showing off our heritage music? You know, like traditional musical styles from the UK. Yeah. I think that's what we should do. I mean, we can't yeah. do any worse. That's very true. You cannot do worse <laughs> than a double zero. Exactly. And also, um, because one of the big five has won, that means that there might only be 25 countries in the final next year. So mm. already a higher placement. That's right. <laughs> ah <laughs> uh, there you go there's a silver lining always finding the positive um so yeah, yeah that's i think that's most of the songs uh discuss any else you want to touch on no i don't think uh just on the overall i thought all of the performances were um you know really well done i think that like having the extra year um i think was maybe both a blessing and a curse because uh they were up against their own songs from 2019 which or sorry from 2020 which was also a very strong year but um i think that they they came to play it was a really strong year of eurovision i thought these performances were great yes it was it's a really good year um Interval Act was very, very kind of over and done fairly quickly. That, that I, even though I'm sure they had the same amount of time, it didn't yeah. feel like there was much to the interval. Uh, we had um, basically two intervals. So it was um, Music Binds Us, which was a DJ called Afrojack. Uh, and then with a, the Symphony Orchestra um, playing a piece of music to a, it was like a video and then they sort of were on the stage. It wasn't it didn't grab me, I've got to be honest. It was nice. Yeah. Okay, so you remember how at the beginning of the podcast, uh, when I was talking about how um, the hosts, with the exception of Nikki, the hosts, they were like, 
um, and the flag ceremony. It was like slick. It was professional. It was very well done. The co- it oozed competent production value. Yeah. But um, what it fe- it felt a little bit lacking in heart, if you will. And I got the same. It was the the postcards for me. It was like okay, well, this is. This is clearly very well done, but it's not giving me much emotional impact. No. And um, I would say the same uh, for the interval acts. It was it was very well done, um, but it didn't grab me in a way that I'm going to be talking about it for years, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't really tell you, remember much of the interval acts. There's nothing memorable. It's not like, I mean, thankfully, there wasn't Madonna singing out a key. <laughs> yeah exactly so, memorable acts don't always mean it was great <laughs> <laughs> exactly um it was uh, like i said absolutely competent uh, so yeah uh then the, after that there was the rock the roof um which we had lenny kerr with uh the troubadour so remember her from 1969 one of the uh, four winners i do that Very beautiful cool. song that has not uh it, it it's aged well that song yeah yeah, I I loved this. I did. I mean, you know, I'm not necessarily it's not going to go down in my, uh, you know, greatest interval acts of all time. But I do think that what's really cool about 2021, both in um, the final and in the semifinals, is that they incorporated a lot of past winners and, um, you know, where are they now type stuff. And I did really like that. Yeah. Um, it was also good to see Lordy performing on the roof, who were probably the best suited for performing on that roof, because under all that latex, nice and toasty warm. <laughs> yeah, so true. And we also had the uh, carpool karaoke, but no, it's not really carpool karaoke, wink, moment. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, which I thought, I thought that that was fine, yeah. Again, nothing stood out for the interval. It was just, it was something to look at. Yeah. Whilst tweeting about the contest it wasn't like uh, event tv like madonna was for all the wrong yes. reasons i agree the the parts that i did really like were as i said the um throwbacks to past winners and where are they now and then it was a a shorter um you know it was a shorter component than i hoped it would have been but there were some clips of the public um, who were doing covers or lip syncing or doing dances to past Eurovision songs. And I really loved that. I wish they had done more of that. Yeah, that would have been good. There was a cover, um, on, by the way, the cover that was being sung of um, Calm Before the Storm by the Common oh, Lynettes. Yeah, but you oh, enjoyed I that. Got- I need to hunt down that cover because, like, that little snippet they played was not enough for me. I need it. Um. So, the um sort of scoring, um, the votes, the points, sorry, not the votes, the points um, portion of the night was where it became very, very tense because this yeah. wasn't one of the years where we're like, uh, like, if it had happened last year, we would have been like, all right, should we just... Should we just give it to Iceland? You know, cut the time short by an hour. Yeah. <laughs> this one, even though Italy were the odds-on favourite, because there had been this sort of like, you know, basically a five-horse race, mm. nobody knew who was going to really win. There was like, it's going to be one of these five artists. So it was either going to be Italy, France, Malta, um, Iceland, or Ukraine. It was yeah. going to be one of those five. And they were the... Uh, no, they weren't the top five, were they? 
because Malta just came outside of it. Switzerland. Uh, Malta was seven. Switzerland. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, was I missed out Switzerland. So yeah, so yeah, it was Italy, France, Switzerland, Iceland, or you or uh, Malta were the odds on favourites to win. Mm-hmm. And then Ukraine. I thought France was going to take it. I thought based on that, you know, first jury vote portion, I thought France was going to take it for yeah. sure. Um. So yeah, we had that, and you know, basically Malta, Italy, France. And Switzerland kind of had moments at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, my favorite bits, though, uh, three of my favorite moments uh, were for Moldova. Epic sax guy came on to give the points. Yes, <laughs> that was good. Um, and then for the the pièce de résistance was when yeah. they got the ya ya ding dong guy from yeah, Ice for Iceland. Dong! I loved it. I did start to get a little bit uncomfortable because of how long the joke went on. <laughs> it was all scripted, though. I know it was. So um, it's the only time I'll, I I'll let it sort of drag for a little bit because it was for a funny <laughs> bit and it genuinely yeah. was funny, even though I knew it was coming. It was really funny. It was really good. Um, and he stayed in character as well. Like yeah, he was great. Play ya ya ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> and a 12th place go to ya ya ding dong. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I loved it. So, I do, uh, you know, I, I don't tend to love the, um, like, representatives kind of going off script. Oh, you I mean like Sweden did? Sweden! My God! <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. Did I had not to need her it. life story. I had to mute it. I was so uncomfortable. But um, yeah, like Iceland and the Epic Sax guy, they that was like a fun little bit that I was I was fine with. But it's when stuff like Sweden goes down that I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Nobody wants this. <laughs> and then surprise, surprise. Obviously, uh, Greece gave their twelve points to Cyprus. When the Cyprus spokesperson was up. The entire audience could be heard shouting Greece because they yeah. knew they knew the score. Right. But, I mean, they're not even subtle. They're not even. I mean, it's it, it's just like disappointing because it defeats the whole purpose of Eurovision. Just be fair about it. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, Cyprus gives 12, you know, 12 points via the televote to Greece, you know, somewhat out of our control, you know, but when it's a jury vote. It should yeah. be more impartial. It shouldn't always be that predictable. Every now yeah. and then, absolutely give it to you know to Greece if it's you know a style of music that you know you have sort of a kinship for across sure. uh, you know across Greece and Cyprus. But sometimes it's just a little bit too blatant. Yeah, I agree. Um. So yeah, that was. There's nothing else of interest I can think of from the uh, jury points. Um, nope. And then it was just the absolute shit show that was the uh, null point at the yeah. start of the televote scoring. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Um, when it, I mean, it started to rob me of my joy a little yeah. bit. Um, like it was becoming a bit of a downer to have zero points, zero points, zero points. I just was like, come on. <laughs> Four lots of zero points. Yeah. Um. I mean, I really felt for James Newman because obviously the UK is struggling at Eurovision. It's not having the best of times. 
And it was so heartwarming, though, to hear the entire arena erupt in cheers for him. Yes, he was very Everyone gracious. Everyone rallied around him. Yeah. And that was good. Um, yeah, I agree. And the same for, you know, Yendrick, the same for Blas Canto, and the same for Django McCroy. You know, yeah. it was hard to watch. And I really do think they need to maybe revisit how they present the, the uh, points for next year. Yeah. So, I mean, so no qualms with the way the points are awarded. It's just the way that they're presented yeah. that you think needs to I be. I think maybe we need to look at that. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is. I'm not, I'm an ideas guy, not a V solutions guy. Right. <laughs> because I will say, I mean, with the exception of the bummer that was the many nil points that were awarded this year, I generally like the separation between the jury votes and the public vote. It's interesting. Because I think. It, it is interesting. I like to see the differences between where the public puts their votes versus the jury. I like the, um, uh, the, the, like, tense moments of, you know, just because they have scored highly with the jury does not mean it's an automatic win. And then it's more exciting when we get an upset because, so, I mean, in general, I like this. It's just an unfortunate year where it, it just felt like a downer. <laughs> yeah. But on the positive side, we have a winner. And for the first time since, I think, 1990, Italy have yeah. won. So whenever the UK years. feels sad about not having won since 1997, other countries in the Big Five have had it longer. France, even longer. Wow. You know, so it's, it's not all bad. Um, so yeah. I mean, as much as this the this winner was not my winner, I am very excited for Italy to have their first win in 30 years. I'm sure that they will be incredibly excited to host it um, next year. And uh, I think that that's that it like I like that um, it gets spread around. Right. I mean, I'm sure that there are some countries that have uh, a higher track record than others but it's fun to see it kind of like make its way around europe absolutely and and anyone from bbc if you listen to this just take a risk <laughs> iron maiden get them on the phone iron maiden or a alternative but british native language folk song yeah. one of those two <laughs> one of those two those are the options um, um so yeah next year we're in Italy, and I can't wait. But now we're in that sad time of the time between seasons. Wow, like, it went by in a blink, hey? It did. 2021 Eurovision went by in a blink. I can't wait for next year, because I want to do it all over again. <laughs> and hopefully not have so much heartbreak next year. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was one for the record books. The, um pandemic eurovision is going to be one that we remember for a while i'm sure yeah the one with flow rider yeah <laughs> yeah that's true so that's one more eurovision down um as it's the end of the eurovision season we're going to take a series break uh but we're going to come back uh later in the year in a couple of months time with series three of think about eurovision where we are going to be discussing eurovision 1991 that's where we're going to kick off in italy oh that is a great way to start off the next season with the bang coming full circle um yes lots more eurovision to be had and discussed so looking forward to that chris allora so until next time 
Bye. Bye. La 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 la